Good evening again. <laughs> uh, tonight we're going to begin a new series over the Lord's Prayer starting in Matthew 6, 9. So turn with me there. There are some TV show characters we can't help but love. From Steve Urkel from Family Matters, Lucy Ricardo from I Love Lucy, Eleven from Stranger Things, or even Harry Potter from the Harry Potter series, though I prefer Ron Weasley. These characters from these shows have a certain characteristic or character trait uh, that draws us to them. Growing up, one of my favorite characters was Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uncle Phil's character was seen as calm and compassionate. He was gentle, but just. He was depicted to be a great father who deeply loved and cared for his children. Uncle Phil wasn't just a cool dad. He also mercifully took in his wayward nephew, Will, who was a troubled teen. His compassion for Will was unfathomable. Will constantly made mistakes to the detriment of the family that he took, it, took, took him in. Y'all, he should not have been allowed to make so many chances. And yet, Uncle Phil mercifully allowed him to stay out of his love for Will. This love for, uh, from Uncle Phil changes Will. And throughout the show's run, we see him truly become a part of the family. The beauty in this is that Uncle Phil loved Will even through his failure and adopted him into the family. He had mercy and love for Will, knowing Will could never live up to the expectations. What powerful love. Christian, this humanly fatherly figure uh, story is astonishing and beautiful. However, it is incomparable to the love our holy heaven father has for us in Christ Jesus. A father has predestined us to be adopted as his children through his son Jesus according to the good pleasure of his will. What a privilege it is to call our holy God our heavenly father. His holiness has infinitely set him apart from his creation and yet he has mercifully brought us to him through his son. He wants to hear from us. He wants to hear our prayers. And we can confidently go to God in our prayer knowing that we are God's children. In prayer, we can commune with our Heavenly Father who is holy in an intimate and personal way. This is the sweet gift given to those who put their faith in the Son. Tonight in Matthew 6, 9, I hope we see that Jesus is not only inviting us to pray, but pray together in reverence to a holy, heavenly Father. If you are able to, please stand for the reading of God's word. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Our big idea this evening is this, come to our Holy Father in heaven in reverence through prayer. Come to our Holy Father in heaven in reverence 
through prayer. I pray that we see it in three exhortations. Um, One, pray regularly. Two, pray relationally. And three, pray reverently. One, I know, alliteration, there we go. Um, One, pray regularly. Two, pray relationally. And three, pray reverently. First, pray regularly. In chapter 5, Matthew, our author, focuses on this first great section of teaching in Jesus' ministry in Galilee. We see Jesus going up on the mountain in front of a great crowd of people to begin what we call the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 6, his sermon continues and is beautifully constructed into sections that address practical matters of living in the faith. For example, in verses 1 through 4, he shares with his disciples how they should give to the poor. Verses 5 begin the practical teaching of how to pray, which then brings us to verse 9, where Jesus introduces what has been called the Lord's Prayer of the model prayer to his his disciples. He says, therefore, you should pray like this. Jesus starts off by showing his disciples this model prayer not to be repeated in vain or tedious repetition, but to show to them as a guide. Like this indicates that the model prayer that follows is meant as a guide, a model, rather than a set of form of words to be repeated mundanely. We also see that he has just warned against vain repetitions in prayer previously in verses 5 through 8. Rather, Jesus is teaching this model prayer so that they can pray regularly. Prayer is one way we can come to God. It's how we grow in our relationship with God. It is where we grow intimacy with the Lord. Prayer is where we show adoration, confess our sins, ask for forgiveness, plead for intercession, ask for supplication. This is a gift and a privilege for those of us in Christ as our Holy Father bends his ear to hear his children. He wants to hear from his children. The psalmist in Psalm 116, 1 through uh, 2, shares this sentiment when he says, I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy, because he has turned his ear to me. I will call out to him as long as I live. Brothers and sisters, do we see prayer as a way to grow intimacy with our God? Or do we feel as if it is another tedious action that we have to get through? Do we desire to pray to a father who wants to hear from us, who wants us to cast our cares into him? Or do we desire to pursue other things that seem more important? Do we pray regularly or do we pray reluctantly? In the Lord's mercy, he has given the gift of prayer so we should pray regularly, knowing that this it is his will for us in Christ Jesus. We are to pray regularly. We are also to pray relationally, pray relationally. Jesus is teaching us that prayer is relational. It's what children are to do, go to their father in prayer. It links us to him. When God is called father in the gospel of Matthews, the word is always on the lips of Jesus. Jesus addresses God simply as father and taught his disciples to do the same. Why? I'll tell you why. Uh, In his mercy, 
God the Father has established a relationship with the disciple, disciples of his son, Jesus. We, through Jesus, have been adopted into the family of God. He is now our Father in heaven. How incredible is this for us in Christ? He is our Father. This means he withholds nothing from us. We have complete access to him because we have the same access as Christ. If you're here with us this evening and you are not a Christian, I'm glad you're here. In God's mercy and love, he has sent his son to die on our behalf and three days later rose from the grave so that we who believe in his son can be part of his family. In his grace, when we believe in Jesus, we are his. When you put your trust in Jesus, you have access to God, the Father who will be with you. He is merciful gentle heavenly father his mercy is sufficient and he loves his children his love is unique christian no other father is like our heavenly father the fatherhood of god is the first form of fatherhood pre-existing all other creaturely forms of fatherhood not only is his fatherhood primary it is holy set apart from all of his creation. It is good, just, faithful, compassionate, full of love, and holy. No matter what your relationship with your earthly father has been, his fatherhood is greater. He is a heavenly father that will not leave you or forsake you. He will bend his ear to his children to listen to their prayers. He is personal, caring, and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He is our good Father. Notice that it also says our Father. The plural pronoun, pronoun our suggests that there's a link between the praying person and other believers. While the prayer may be used in private, it is also meant to be prayed in community. As one commentator put, the whole prayer is social. The singular pronoun is absent. Man enters the presence of the Father and then prays as one of the great family. Prayer is essential to the body of Christ. It should not just be done privately, but also in community and corporately. It should be a part of corporate worship in our D groups, Bible studies, with our children, at our dinner tables. Prayer is needed in a community of believers to encourage, spur one another on, carry burdens. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. 1 John 5.14 says, now, there is this, now this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all, all, all the saints. We pray for one another with one another to the God that has saved and adopted us through Jesus Christ. We pray as children of God to our Father in heaven. Brothers and sisters, do you pray regularly with others in the family 
Or is it only an exclusive club that you see fit to pray with and for? Do you seek to know more about other members' joys, sorrows, needs, and pray with them? Is your prayer only in your closet, or do you pray with other family members seeking to encourage, spur on, build up, walk alongside? A great way to do this is through setting time aside through your D groups or Bible study. This time could look like praying through a page of the membership directory or praying for things within each other's lives. Through the continued rhythm of praying regularly with others in our family, we come to our Heavenly Father as His children seeking and trusting His holy will. Jesus teaches His disciples to pray regularly and relationally in a way that glorifies God. We should also pray reverently to our Holy Father. Pray reverently. Notice that Jesus says, our Father in heaven. God's fatherhood is holy, set apart, and singular. Jesus establishes the kind of God we are praying to. When we say in heaven, we remember God's holiness and glory. He is our Father, but our Father in heaven. We address God intimately as Father, but we immediately recognize His infinite greatness with the addition of in heaven. Jesus then says, your name be honored as holy. God's name is a reflection of who he is. To say that God's name is holy is to say that God is holy. To say that God is holy is to say that God is God. No one taught him to be holy. That is simply who he is and he can be no other way. In this holiness, he is infinitely set apart from his creation. I can't help but think about Isaiah's vision of God in Isaiah chapter 6. It is here where we see Isaiah see the seraphim, these creatures in heaven covering their face and feet because of God's holiness. These angelic creatures sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. Isaiah knew that before him was the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel. The first thing he said as he witnessed God's holiness was, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. He knew that he was seeing God's infinite holiness. He was unworthy, sinful man standing in front of a holy, sinless God. This dramatic nature of Isaiah's clarity about his sinfulness highlights the holiness of God. Before God, the one where there is no deceit, whose perfections are unreachable, Isaiah knew he was a sinner. In this clarity, Isaiah beheld God for who he is and always will be, holy. In gazing on God's holiness and realizing his lowliness, Isaiah, one of the seraphim, seraphim flew over touching Isaiah's mouth with a glowing coal, removing his iniquity. His sin had been atoned for through God's mercy. The Holy One had compassion. Beloved, our God is holy, infinitely set apart from his creation. We, like Isaiah, are unworthy, wretched, sinful creatures, and God is holy, holy, holy. We stand before a holy God, and yet in our wretchedness, while we were still sinners, he had mercy Through his son's death, resurrection, and ascension, we have have an advocate who has removed our iniquity and atoned for our sins so that we can be a part of the family. 
so that we can be one of God's children. Our holy heavenly Father shows mercy. Therefore, to pray that God's name be honored as holy is not to pray that he become holy, but that he may be treated as holy. In our prayer, we should use his divine name with reverence, remembering our unworthiness. In our prayer, we should praise his holy name. This prayer is not so much a petition that God will do some great act that will show everyone who and what he is. His will is perfect. And it will be done whether we pray this or not. Rather, it expresses an aspiration for his name to be honored as holy. That people will honor his, his name, that, his, that we will honor his holy name for his glory and for his kingdom. So brothers and sisters, we should come to the Father in lowliness praising his holy name. Not expecting him to praise us. We should come to the Father in prayer, remembering his mercy, praising him for his kindness, hallowing his name, not expecting something from him. We should pray prayers of adoration, praying in reverence for his holy name to be praised, not praying for our name to be praised. Charles Spurgeon put it beautifully when he said, it is for us to walk before the Lord in all lowliness, that all shall see that we reverence the character of the thrice holy one, that we can truly pray, hallowed be thy name. When we hallow it ourselves, may we honor and magnify our holy father in heaven in our prayers with others in reverence to his name and his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Our father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. We praise your holy name. With what shall we come before you, O Holy Father, but with praise? We give you thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness towards us through your Son. Cause us to come unto you in faith, mentioning no other name, pleading no other righteousness, but your holy and righteous name. Bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is with me. Bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. Would you go ahead and stand and sing?